This is Butchertown Rundown, a Racing Louisville podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, a podcast about the only top-tier professional sports team in the state of Kentucky. I am Tom Benson. That is Becky Morgan. And Becky, we are coming off of a game against North Carolina where racing got their teeth kicked in. How are we feeling tonight? Uh, like my teeth just got kicked in. How are you feeling, Tom? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I'm not feeling great about the game. You know, as time has passed, I've started to compartmentalize. Some things I've started to feel better about. Some things have made me feel a lot worse, and we'll get to all of that here in a second. But first, let's get to our starting line, Becky, because racing has had a few player moves over the last couple weeks. We have. Some are good. Some are, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't say they're bad. I would say of all the player moves, this one probably makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm heartbroken to reiterate the fact that Freya Olofsson has accepted a transfer to Real Madrid uh, because Freya is awesome. I don't know mm-hmm. who who's a listen to, who is listening who has met her in person, but she is just a complete and utter delight. Mm-hmm. I know from staff members that they cried when they found she was leaving. I mean, she is that beloved of a person. So, you know, she was an absolute beast on the field. I feel like I'm, like, giving a eulogy like she died. She didn't. She moved, just moved to Real Madrid <laughs> and is probably getting paid a lot of money in racing, got six figures for her. I've heard some reports, at least some reports on Twitter were saying it was, like, 200K, so that's, like, yeah, a amount too. of money. I don't know if that's true or not, but, hey, let, let's say it's true. We got 200K for her, but why not? <laughs> Um, but either way, I mean, it's it was a great deal for us monetarily. It was a great deal for her to play. You know, she's a Swedish player to play in Europe for a Champions League team when she's trying to get noticed by her national team more at the senior level. So best of luck to Freya. Really sad that we're not going to see her play in Lynn Family Stadium again. Um, and then in positive news, Lauren Millay uh, has signed a contract extension and will be with us until 2025. We're really excited to have her for you know several years to come. She's been such an important utility player for us, you know, has some of that NWSL experience that we so desperately need on this team. So we're just thrilled to have Lauren Millay locked down for a longer period of time and Hopefully we hear some other contract extensions or new contracts being signed shortly. Absolutely. And, and with Freya, it's, it's so rare that a win-win feels like a loss because it makes sense for the club in the fact that they got a good fee. Um, it makes sense for the player because Freya looked at the depth chart and she was going to be behind Savannah DeMello, Jalen Howell at the six, two players who I think any any of racing fans will look at and say they are cornerstone building blocks for this franchise going forward. Freya wants to play 90 minutes a game. I don't blame her. She's going to a situation where she can. And that makes it makes sense for her, even though she may not have had any bad feelings about racing. It makes sense for racing, even though we didn't really want her to leave. So it's a win-win. But Freya was such a wonderful person. It sure feels like a loss. 
and I'm glad that the club announced that so soon uh, or announced low malaise extension so soon after that to give us that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down because low malay has been everything that we have hoped for and wanted for and just such a, a great contributor on the field in the locker room it's great that she will be calling Lynn Family Stadium home for the next uh, couple of years. And I really liked the video they made. Well, I liked the videos they made for both of them, actually. I'm endlessly amused by the fact that Freya, after almost two years here, still calls it Lua Will. And <laughs> also, Lauren's video was funny, having her go around and do everything around the uh, the facilities, including give Katie Lund food, which their height difference will forever make me laugh. Yes, that was hilarious. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was definitely... You know, bittersweet, but glad that we had the, something happy for racing fans to celebrate in the signing of Lowe Malay uh, to go with the loss of Freya and a couple of losses on the pitch, which Becky brings us to our commercial break. And this week, we're staying in Lynn Family Stadium. There are two bars, one sponsored by Rabbit Hole Bourbon, the other by Maker's Mark Bourbon. Sometimes you may feel as a racing fan like you need a stiff drink to make it through a game. If you do, for this next game against Orlando, hit up Rabbit Hole or Maker's Mark. Yeah, I actually have been known to uh, go to the Rabbit Hole little bar. I enjoy some of their mixed beverages. Uh, the Bicycle Kick in particular is one that I like. It's like, ooh, gin, iced tea, and I think a hint of lavender or something like that, because it's very on on par. I don't know. My sister said it sounded like the worst thing she's ever had, but I I enjoy it quite a bit. So <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all about your gin tolerance. So yeah, I agree. And then I've heard good things about the uh, the bourbon slushies too that Maker Mark Maker's Mark has. Everybody that goes to the gets the bourbon slushies swears by them. So yeah, I'll tell you what, they're doing something right. And you know what, racing fans, if you're in Family Stadium as we play Orlando this next Friday night, get yourself a drink and settle in. Because, Becky, the last couple of games have not been good. And I want to reference our uh, listeners to, if you haven't read Becky's piece uh, in the Beautiful Game Network, go ahead and give that one a read. Becky put you know a lot of great content out there, a lot of good thoughts, a lot of I don't want to say controversial thoughts, but you really put uh, put it out there that you know there's something that's that's going on with this team that we all see it. And one word that you used in your article that I've seen used a lot in social media and comments is one I'd like to get your opinion on, and that word is regression. Is that what we're seeing here? Oh, I. I it certainly feels like it. I mean, we have always said throughout this whole podcast, throughout this whole year, you know, the thing that gives us hope is the fact that, you know, racing is always a scrappy, hard fighting team. Mm -hmm. We might not always get the results we want, but, you know, they're a team that never stops fighting. Until the last two games where they certainly seem like they've stopped fighting. And I don't know exactly what it is, but they seem like they have just completely come out flat. And mm -hmm. I... If they continue to play this way and don't shake it off, then it is absolutely a regression because they're playing some of the worst football that they've ever played as a franchise. Yeah. 
you know, when we lost to prior to these two games, when we lost to the North Carolina Courage earlier in the season here at Lynn Family Stadium, we came out not looking good. And, you know, we didn't win our next two games. I believe we actually even lost our next two games. We had lost three straight, but we improved noticeably each game. Like we had the game against Angel City that we played well against. I honestly don't remember the other one we had, but, you know, there seemed to be a, a rise like that it made them angry that they did so mm -hmm. poorly. And so after the Chicago game, you know, I said, we kind of need to wait and see what the response is. And I mean, the response was even more tepid, even more limp than the Chicago game had been. I mean, they just looked, they looked like they were ready to lose. I, I don't know how mm. else to describe it. And if it's not a regret, I mean, this is a talented team. So there's no regression in terms of like their talent not being as good as we thought or something like that. The the regression is in mentality and the regression is in identity and how this team seems themselves. And right now it just, it seems like a, a total blank. It's been a common theme in social media from racing fans to say that, you know, when the team went down, they, they just lost their will to fight. And you know, I would look at the notes I took in the game and I'd say, when was the fight ever there? Yeah, And I it agree. hurts me to say this. It hurts me to say this. But, you know, we're looking, we're giving up three set pieces in the first seven minutes. You know, we're giving up, you know, early goals. I mean, and it's not like this is a surprise. I mean, we've seen this over and over again. This is what teams do to racing. They come out at the beginning of the game. They look for Emily Fox. Emily Fox is on the right side. Cool. What we're going to do is play a ball down the left side, the non-Emily Fox side. We're going to get deep because our right back or the other opposite side outer back has a tough time defending, either because we've got somebody playing out of position, whether the technique's not there, whether they, they're not sure whether they need to go in and cover the box more or go out. They get an easy cross in, and they get a goal. It happens every time. That's what we're going to see against Orlando. Not that I'm predicting we're going to give up a goal, but that's the way they're going to attack us. And we just have not figured out how we're going to defend it. And it's it would be one thing. It would be one thing if this was happening in the 35th minute. If there is ever a time when your defense should be ready for an attack, it's at the beginning of the game because mm -hmm. you were just talking to the coach 10 minutes ago. Like the coach needs to say, Hey, let's go do this. Players get together. How are we going to defend this? Because it keeps happening over and over again. And racing is showing that they're, I don't know whether they're not communicating. I don't know whether they are, it's a, a problem of, of technique, whether they're not on the same page in their defensive alignment. But I mean, it's something that needs to get figured out and it hasn't And the games are just getting they're out of hand five minutes in that, you know, you give up a goal early on and then you've got the other team smelling blood, knowing if they get that second goal, that they're looking pretty good to get the win and racing is desperately defending. And that is not how they play well. No, it's not. And it's like, they've been giving up more early goals as time has gone on, which is like, obviously not good too. I mean, that's why it seems like it's regression. Also, like against OL Reign in Portland, I believe they gave up early goals, but like 
they fought before giving him up. Like mm -hmm. maybe they had a bad giveaway that got capitalized on, but they had some possession and they were at least trying to get stuck in and trying to retake possession and like really challenging the other team, whether they were doing it well or not. Like, I don't even want to go there, but they were trying, there was effort, mm -hmm. there was fight. You could see what they were trying to do. And in these last two games, I mean, they were practically standing there like the posts that you put up for practice dummies that like mm. practice shooting around and North Carolina was just running around them. Like it was like, I mean, it was that bad. We had like 35% possession. I mean, that mm. might even be a high remembering, like that's, that's awful. So like, yeah, I, that I agree. The fact that we are giving up goals this early and then just like pop, getting popped like a balloon is, is insane and it's like clearly become something that has been so sunk into the team's psyche that they're not that they're expecting it like they're going mm -hmm. out like basically just waiting for it to happen you know they're, they're not motivated they're not inspired they're not like coming together to fight for each other and that's honestly kind of alarming and you know you mentioned communication and i don't think it's a coincidence that both Emily Fox and Gemma Bonner in, after the last two games, both said communication was a problem. Both of them stepped back from saying that it was necessarily a communication problem between the coach and the players. But I also think that their professional players who one aren't going to publicly bash their coach and two are, um, going to take responsibility for what they saw was not good play. So of course they're going to say that they can do better. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like I said this in my article and, you know, I, we argued on this podcast, so we, we need to broach this again. We argued on this podcast that coach Bjorkegren absolutely needs another year. Um, a few episodes ago in order to like truly play this roster after these two games and also like the the recent trend that we've been on with giving up early goals and coming out so flat and then like these two catastrophic games i mean i'm now beginning to wonder if it would be more harmful to keep him and continue this way and not rebuild as soon as possible as i mean as catastrophic as it would be to have three or four if you count more mario uh coaches in that in as many years is it good just to keep a coach just because like for the sake of appearance? I mean, it, cause he's clearly not motivating the team. Like there's nothing he's doing that's inspiring them. And I, I'm telling you, if I hear one more time, like, well, we practiced well, practice went so well. I, I, I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, I, if you're the damn coach, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if anybody yeah. knows what happened, it should absolutely 100% be you. And if you don't know what is happening and you don't know why, you know, the, the, your players are acting this way, then you are really out of touch with what is happening in the locker room. And I'm not saying that he's a bad person. I'm not saying that he's in any way like a, abusive or hurting the players, but I mean, he seems to just be a not good communicator with with the players and he doesn't seem to be on the same wavelength with them at all from what i can see i mean we talk about like motivation early goals whatnot you know what i just like to see racing make a clean throw in at some point I mean, every time we've got a throw in our players are totally confused 
they're looking at it at the opposition like they've never seen that defense before. I mean, I'll say this. Do I think that we need to make a change? I'm not sure. I will say this, though, to bring in another sport uh, in college football, uh, University of Nebraska just fired their coach. And he was on the hot seat last season. And then this season, they were awful and they got fired and he got fired. And during the summer, you know, the athletic director said, he's our guy. We think he's going to do great. Speaking of the current coach, we think this is going to go great. And then he would get done with the media and start calling agents and get prospective coaches lined up. And if I'm James O'Connor right now, I am absolutely getting prospective replacement coaches lined up. You're making phone calls. You, you need to be. You need to be seeing who else is out there so that if things do not turn around, you are not left flat-footed for a replacement. Because right now, I mean, we can all, we can all like Coach Kim personally, but his job is to win games. His job is to win games. And if he can't win games, his team needs to be competitive. And these last two weeks, he's failed on both of those sides. So I have to ask you, though, in light of the last two coaching hires for Racing Louisville, do you trust James O'Connor to hire the, the proper next coach? I mean, this goes back to what we discussed in our last podcast, it was our last podcast, wasn't it? About yep. Yes, it was. It was our last podcast about, you know, like, we need some more NWSL experience. No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. We need NWSL experience in this damn club. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have it on our roster. We don't have it in our coaching staff. And we don't have it in our front office. So what are we doing? You know, like they keep being so insistent that they know what they're doing and thinking outside the box when they're clearly like, I think treading water is is a generous statement. So like what they desperately need, like you said, a, a general manager or someone to oversee soccer operations just for racing who knows the NWSL, who is in the women's soccer, specifically American women's soccer networks who you know is on like the it has an in on the inside culture that is you know very different from men's soccer we know joc is more than capable of building and creating a winning men's team but his whole life has been men's soccer when he was hired in his job prior to becoming president in 2019 he admitted he had never even watched women's soccer So why are we having someone who had never even watched a women's soccer game, not even the World Cup prior to 2019, hiring our coaches? And again, I have nothing against James O'Connor as a person, and he's a very competent president, and clearly the club is trying to do right things or doing things right by the players in terms of treating them well and wanting the best for them. But... If you are truly a good boss, you need to recognize when you are not the best person for the job and you need to make that correction. And I don't see that there's any way that people can look at racing and say that they need to step back and say, 
okay, we're not necessarily the best people for the job. We're going to hire some people in who can help us with this. You know, when the team was announced, Brad Estes, uh, who is no longer with the team, but is very much uh, one he was with the team, embodied the soccer holdings ethos. Um, and even though he's not there, the spirit that he had is still there. And he had said early on, we're not just here to have a team. We're here to raise trophies. So I would say this. If racing as an organization is happy with having a top tier women's team and they are happy that they are, and I'm going to say this and vomit in my mouth a little bit when I say it, but if they're happy with just being a, an inspiration for the, the little girls around Louisville and Kentucky, then they don't need to make any changes because they're, they can do that whether they win or lose. But if it's an organization that wants to raise trophies, that wants to compete at this NWSL level, that I don't see how anybody with soccer knowledge can look at the last two games and feel that they're heading in that direction. I, I mean, I don't see, like, we have all watched, I don't care what sport it is, I don't care, you know, what the circumstances, we've all had our teams that have gone out and had a dud performance. It happens, it's sports. If you want a guaranteed outcome, watch professional wrestling. But the team is getting worse. They do not look like they have any coherent strategy or plan. And I don't see how you can look and say the people that are making the decisions now are the, you know, are they, how can you say that they're the right people to be making and going forward? What is the track record that shows that those decisions have been good? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, like I said, I don't think that you can say racing has been a failure. I mean, they've done a number of things right. You know, beautiful stadium, beautiful facilities, good investment. You know, they've done a good job. You know, even if the the attendance has gone down and it will surely go down again next year, they've they've done a good job of having an initial draw and having a steady fan base. But clearly they need they need help and Ooh. there's no shame at all in realizing that other people can help you do a better job and getting them mm -hmm. there's there's no shame in making mistakes i mean as long as they're not like actively truly harmful i mean I'm, a mistake is not like abuse like i'm talking about a yeah. mistake, like uh, yeah making yeah, yeah. bad yeah, decisions you know, and, and, you know, not doing the, the best job that could be done, you know. And hey, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here because like they have made mistakes that I have agreed with at the time, because when racing got started at, you know, J, uh, JOC has contacts overseas. We bring in a, a European coach, Kim, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Louisville has better facilities, better support. If you want to be a professional women's soccer player, this is as good as any place on the planet to be a professional. And I thought there is a continent full of players that are just waiting for us to go and get them. And you know what? When we signed players that had been playing uh, overseas, I thought, that is great. That makes sense. I'm excited. 
And we found that you really need NWSL experience to play the way that racing wants to play. We are not, we are not bringing in anybody that I've said like, yes, that is, that is an NWSL player for the way that racing is trying to play because right now, Oh my gosh. And I don't want to get so wound up on this Lord, Lord help me. It reminds me, Becky, have a sip of beer because I'm going to, I'm going to break out an eighties movies reference here. For oh you. God. Yeah. You don't even know how, Oh God you are until I'm done. The movie, the karate kid. There was a moment where <laughs> I, I knew it. The moment you said eighties movie, I was like, I can feel it. Of course. Yeah. It's a mid forties white dude. Like, yeah, he's going to reference the karate kid. But there was a moment when when Miyagi says, Daniel, do you want to do karate? And he says, I guess so. And he says, he said, walk down the road. If you walk on the right side of the road, you're safe. You walk on the left side of the road, you're safe. If you walk down the middle of the road, you get squished like a grape. If you say karate, yes, safe. Karate, no, safe. Karate, guess so. Squish like a grape. And I say that because we keep playing the high press, but we're not playing it, Becky. We're not playing it. Like when North Carolina had the ball on their back line, our forwards were not pressing them. They were not high pressing them. When North Carolina was advancing the ball through the, through the midfield, like our back line was backing up. They weren't going and actively engaging because right now we do not have enough speed on the back line to play that high press, but we're not, not playing the high press either. So we're right in the middle. We're getting squished like a grape because we have no discernible style. It's like, oh, we want to play a high press style. We want to play a high press style, but we're not playing a high press style. We're not playing it. We're, we're kind of acting like we're going to play it. So we're losing twice. We're not getting the pressure up front and we've got players on the back line that are not suited to play a high press. And that's where I get back to like, Oh, we're getting these, you know, we're getting these European players in or these players that have played in Europe that are not NWSL, you know, back line. And, you know, they're not put in a position to execute the system that the team is trying to play and they're getting burned. They're getting burned. I mean, the problem is that, like, I don't think a system is being communicated anymore. I I have no idea what we are trying to do and, like, what the intentions are in the field because it is just mud. And, you know, it's just vague flailing at this point, you know, where, like, nobody seems quite sure what the other ones are doing. Everybody's frustrated. And, you know, we've brought – the thing that really gets me is, like, We've brought, we've gotten rid of really good talent and then we've brought in really good talent. And guess what? Nothing's changing, which clearly says that it's a a style, it's a philosophy and it's a leadership issue. And, you know, this idea that we can just keep swapping players out and we'll eventually find this like magic combo that will do exactly what we want. And then like, it'll like, I don't know, they'll come together like Voltron and suddenly become like the <laughs> I'm greatest. I'm very happy that I was not the only one making an 80s entertainment reference I know, we're, tonight, let's so. just try and do as much 80s reference as many 80s as we can do. I mean, we, let's find a joy somewhere, Tom. You say that, but I've still got my, I still got my playlist that I'm going to go over later. So. Oh, uh, so I do too. And, you know, like they, they expect us to just like, I don't know if we just get the right combination of players that like, uh, we're going to come together like Voltron, like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and just like, 
snap into place and go super cyan like that's that's not how it works like you need to show loyalty to your players and you need to develop your players and you need to base your style and your system and your tactics on who you actually have mm -hmm. you know you have to know mm -hmm. who you have and work with them instead of just being like i have this ideal and then everybody needs to slot into it like a puzzle or they won't and then we have no use for them and I, I, I feel like that's what we're doing. And I feel like that's bad coaching. Well, I mean, and some of it, I think you make such an excellent point when you talk about just that we're trying to bring folks in and slot them in. And we think that there's some sort of combination that's going to work when what we have seen in the NWSL and by we have seen, I mean, we have seen because they've been kicking our heads in. There's teams with continuity where they've had the same core group of players for seasons, multiple seasons, are just running circles around us because they know where everyone is going. They know what runs to make. They know who's going where. They know when to play across, when to play a through ball because they know they have that chemistry. And each time we, and, you know, let's use an example, you know, Low Malay, Low Malay will do anything you want her to do. Doesn't mean I, mean, I, I joke, do it. but yeah, like I, I joke that like one of these days we're going to put her in goal. I mean, she will play any position without question and she will run her heart out and play as hard as she can. But when you put her in a position where she is, you know, now she's in midfield this week when she hasn't played the midfield for three months, you know what she's going to do? She's going to miss passes, which she did. And Loma Lay is a great player, but you're not putting her into position to be successful when you are adding variables. All right, uh, let's try this player over here, this player over here. No, they need to start learning the nuances of each other's game. I mean, when, you know, let's, let's look at another player that we've just recently brought on, Wong Shuang, who was great in the Women's Cup and has disappeared ever since. How are we utilizing her as a talent we're just throwing her out there yep. i mean she's got talent but how are we integrating her how are we helping her build chemistry with the rest of the team so that we can utilize that talent it's just it's like i i know that we've got so many good players and in your article you mentioned like jess mcdonald assist leader in the nwsl or the record holder for assists you know what we've got her doing We've got her clearing the ball off the back line, which God bless her for making a lung busting run to make the play to save a goal. I mean, we don't need Jessica McDonald on the back line trying to clear balls. We need her up front trying to get assists and goals. It just seems so I, discombobulated. And I mean, that brings up like another point too, that I think has been probably the biggest red flag in terms of, you know, how this roster is being built and how this team is functioning and the fact that, like, proven good players are playing poorly for us. Yeah. I don't even want to say poorly, because Emily Fox has been doing fine. But as we all know, Emily Fox is much more than fine. She is very, much very, more. very good. And she's been okay. You know, she's still dynamic. She's still great. She's still, like, the defender that is going to run down practically anybody. But... You know, she's being held back. They're playing her when we're in a five back or three back. She's in the back three instead of being one of the wings. Like, what the hell are you thinking? And I mean, that just absolutely 
blows my mind. Our fastest, most dynamic player, practically. And we're like, you know where she needs to be? Stuck in front of goal. That's exactly it. And I get it that she was probably the one marking, like, Mal Pugh and everything like that eventually. But, it, I mean, it's still, yeah. like, decisions like that are just, like, absurd. If you're having to play Emily Fox in that position, then you've really messed up your roster building, first of all. And I love that you say roster building because, you know, a lot of the ire, because I, I mentioned this in the last podcast, and I said that, you know, that game was a canary in the coal mine, a dead canary in the coal mine for the front office. And you said, no, the front office didn't lose that game. And you're right. Absolutely, you are right. But the fact is, is that, you know, if you are, you know, each one of these signings, each player that we've brought in, each player that we've let go, let the front office has stamped their approval on it. Yep. Kim is not a, an all-powerful – Coach Kim is not an all-powerful dictator making all personnel moves in a vacuum. This has been an organization-wide change, which is why if we are looking and saying, you know, why are we doing this formation, that formation, yes, you know, Kim is accountable for what's going on on the field. But if you look at the personnel and say, why are we playing this person here? Why are we playing this person there? Look at the bench. Who would you play in place? And if the answer is, oh, I'm not really sure, then you need to go upstairs and look and say, what is happening? You know, how is this, this front office viewing the league? How are they viewing talent? How are they evaluating talent? And, it, you know, those are hard questions, but – you know, if you're looking to raise trophies, those are questions you need to be asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. And, like, do they understand the difference in parity between the different leagues? Like, a, a less good team in England is significantly worse than a not good team in the NWSL, even yeah. though I you can definitely argue that, like, the top three teams in England are superior to NWSL teams. You know, You know what I'm trying to say? I know like, what you're trying to say. I totally disagree with the top three teams, but then again, I'm drinking NWSL. I know. I, I get I mean, you. I'm not They would be yeah. competitive for top of the table, if yeah. not yeah. better than, yeah. you know, like, like they would definitely be a top team in the NWSL, if not the top teams in the NWSL. That, that's gotcha. what I'm saying. For sure. There we go. But the lower teams after like the top three or four are like, there's a huge difference. You know, there's a, there's a huge mm. drop. And so, like, that's not the same level of player. And I don't know. I mean, again, like, this isn't the player's fault. You know, like, Michael Shaw has made a really good point. He he kind of made this in our last podcast where he talked about how we don't have a winning mentality. Like, oh, mm. we certainly do not, Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been proven right there. But then <laughs> also in his most recent recap, and, and I did mention this a little bit too, like, the team has no identity. Like, they don't just not have a winning mentality. They, they have no identity. They have no idea who they are. They have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. And they did more in the beginning of the season. Like, they were bought into the fact that they were a high-pressing, possession-oriented team. And they were able to take it off for a while, you know, and pull it through. But with uh -huh. this constant revolving door of players, how are they supposed to build an identity when it literally is changing who's next to them every week? You know, like, mm -hmm. if, if no matter what happens next year with racing, 
They need to keep a stable roster next season. I don't care what they do with the coach. If they fire Kim and bring in a new coach, one of the conditions needs to be you need to work with this roster of players and make them work. Because if we just go through, like, guess what? You have free reign to do whatever you want with the roster. It's going to be a disaster. And, you know, I do understand it to some extent. Like, racing definitely needs needed some upgrades. I mean, we did very, very poorly in the expansion draft in – in, in numerous ways, and we definitely needed to get some new players in to waive some, to move on from some. That's totally fine, but the volume and the amount that they've done and how long it has gone on, I mean, it's it's completely kneecapped the team. It's completely kneecapped the team, and they need to stabilize, or they're basically, like you said, just giving up and saying, well, we're just having a team to have a team. We're not even trying to win at this point. Yeah, it's you know, you're 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 spot on, and just just a a quick you know a quick note like a quick asterisk that um, I do believe that on the whole American soccer players, uh, American women soccer players are better than European women soccer players or any players elsewhere uh, on the planet because here in America we've had Title IX since the '70s, which has mandated that uh, women's sports have received additional resources not as much as the men's but more than other countries so yes like american women soccer players have had more resources you do that you're going to develop your talent a little bit more readily yeah i mean we we have a larger pool i would put it that way we have a larger pool of talented players i mean i think you can definitely argue that like maybe the best players in the world right now are europeans or a lot of them are europeans but on a whole like widespread talent i mean yeah you're right exactly in america you know little girls are playing soccer from a much younger age when like it's still not even like mandatory that schools have to let girls play football in england i mean that's insane to me yeah yeah and so so like i i say that to say that you know to the extent that there has been a thought that like oh we can go get players in Europe and they'll be just as good. Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, but, you know, that this for me has been, you know, I got, I've got no hatred toward the racing front office at all. You know, they're getting paid for this. We're not, you know, I just, I'm just a fan. I just want to see this team do well. And people are allowed to make mistakes. Coaches, front office people they're allowed to say like oh I, I had it wrong and they're allowed to pivot what i think the the big red flag for me would be is that you know we go a month into the off season we go to christmas we make it to the beginning of next season and the front office looks the same as as it does now you had mentioned it earlier and i think i agree with you you know if i had the choice between um, a everything being the same, but a new coach next season and the same coach, but seeing racing uh, really invest in their front office people uh, with, you know, I don't know what the title general manager, you know, various executives, people with NWSL experience to help make those decisions. I'd rather see coach Kim and, and see a front office that's a little bit more robust with the with racing personnel. I mean, I, I, I agree. We 
desperately need changes in the front office. I mean, racing is in dire need of people who are deep in the culture, deep in the league, deep in women's soccer to help run this team. You know, Loose City had that. So why does racing not get any of that? You know, so we absolutely need that more than more than anything. And, you know, if, if they can't, I would rather them take a really long time and get the absolute right person. So, like, even if it's, like, January and they're, like, the job is open, we're interviewing people, you know, I would almost tolerate that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, coming. But they, they need to get on that. I mean, it's it's clear that there needs to be a major, major change. And they've been majorly changing the roster and things have only gotten worse. So clearly, like I said, the change needs to be in the leadership. And I also just like want to make it clear in case if this, just like one last thing, if this wasn't abundantly clear, I think the players in Europe are more than competent enough and good enough and talented enough to play in the NWSL. It's not the issue that they're European and they're, they're, different style of play or anything even it's just that they're they're not used to this league and you can't build a team in a league with players that have never played in it you know That's like fair. you can bring in like kc brought in an excellent french player you know multiple teams have brought in japanese players um you know people have brought in mexican players and they have just taken off like dynamite because there is a structure in place in those teams and there was like a set pecking order with experienced veterans who could bring them in and they could be integrated into something. The problem is that we're bringing in players from these disparate areas and there's nothing to integrate them into. So these could mm -hmm. be some of the best players in the world. And many of them are. I mean, Wang Shuang is an incredible player. Alex Chidiak has boundless potential, but we're just kind of throwing them into an empty structure and, and telling them, figure it out. That's the problem. Not that yeah. they are, are not good enough or that they're there's like, I mean, in some cases, like, yes, I agree that we're not like we're replacing players and then not getting better players in like maybe as much on the back line, stuff like that. Like, are we really making improvements with the changes we're making? or Are we just rolling over players? But on a whole, like, I mean, I really think it's truly the lack of structure that is the problem, the lack of identity, and less the players that we are, we're moving around. You're right. You are 100% right, Becky. And um, I, I, uh, even though uh, Title IX is great, I rescind any uh, American exceptionalism there. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, but... I don't think you're totally wrong. I mean, I think you make a very valid point. I just think that it's 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 a, a, a it's a structural problem for us more than it's a larger soccer problem i think you're right and you know this is becky the second podcast in a row where we have had to discuss a really really tough loss and when you have a tough loss like this you know what it's okay to get into your feelings a little bit. It's okay to say, you know what? I need to take a little me time. I need to reset my brain. I need to reset my soul. And Becky, there is no better way that I know to do this than with a customized music playlist. And you and I started texting during the North Carolina debacle about 
different songs that we should be listening to to make it through. And um, I had the day off no, today. No, no, no. We were specifically <laughs> rewriting Simon and Garfunkel lyrics. That's right. To fit into our feelings for racing because we're old dorks. I mean, let's just yes. completely, let's be honest yeah, here. And Simon and Garfunkel still holds up. But I think that, but that we started thinking like, all right, what is a way, you know, a, a playlist, you know, when, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, it was a mixtape. Today, it's a customized Spotify playlist, you know, six one way, half dozen the other. And four, you know, I, I texted you earlier and I came up one myself with one myself. Four racing fans that are trying to just make it through the day, trying to process a couple of tough, tough losses. You and I each came up with a playlist of songs to go through, to listen and process how we are feeling as racing fans I sum it up well you did so let's start um would you like to go first or would no, you prefer you... that i go? gentlemen All first right. excellent the first song in my racing playlist is everybody hurts by rem <laughs> and a couple of lyrics there because everybody hurts comfort in your friends Everybody hurts sometimes. Everybody cries. And one thing that, that you know, yes, as I was watching us get crushed by North Carolina, did I have a little, everybody hurts in the back of my head? <laughs> did I feel my eyes getting a little wet? Yes. But the word that I want to focus on there is the everybody. And we were talking about it now. I won't go totally rehash it, but each person in that organization should be going into work, I don't want to say ashamed, but knowing that something needs to change. And that goes all the way up to the top. James O'Connor seems like a great guy. I don't want him getting balled out by the board of soccer holdings, but he needs to be feeling a little bit uncomfortable at the way racing is playing right now, just like the coaches are feeling bad, just like the players are feeling bad, just like we fans are feeling bad. Absolutely. I, I feel it 100%. Excellent. All right. My next song in my playlist is Complicated by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> because you are aging yourself. Like, I mean, I can pinpoint the years you were like in high school, Tom. It's actually, Avril Lavigne was a little bit after me. Yes. I mean, like, and I, I really tried to come up with something new, but then I'm like Googling like, like recent songs. And then I felt even older than I did before I started. But <laughs> Complicated is a song about how uh, Avril Lavigne's love interest is one person when he's with her, but when he's around his friends, he's somebody else. I feel like that with racing, like, like you turn into somebody else when you're on the field, like, no, you're good. Just play good. Like we've got this relationship. The players are great. They're great with the fans. They say they've got a great relationship with each other. And then they go out on the field and they don't talk. Why are they somebody else, Becky, when they get together with the other, with other teams, why do they act so complicated? Uh, I don't know, Tom, but that's, that's a great choice. All right. So my next song is good for you by olivia rodrigo i have no idea what that song is sing it tom 
<laughs> Good for You is a song about a breakup where Olivia had a longtime boyfriend and then they they had a very tight relationship and then they broke up and then he went and started another relationship and she had a difficult time with it because she was not quite over him and let me wow i can't imagine how this relates to racing at all here's some lyrics from this song becky good for you you look happy and healthy not me if you ever cared to ask good for you you're doing great out there without me baby god i wish that i could do that i've lost my mind i spent the night crying on the floor of my bathroom but you're so unaffected i really don't get it but I guess good for you for all of those players that we traded away that are doing great. Good for you. Good for you, Ebony Salmon, that you're going to win the golden boot. Cece Kaiser, that you feel that your career is uh, reinvigorated. Savannah McCaskill, who we lost, but good, good for you. I'm just, I am so happy for them that they are doing great. But you are also laying on the bathroom floor crying. Yes, I am also laying on the bathroom floor crying. And for me personally, that was not rhetorical. That was actually a literal <laughs> analogy. Say, and now, if you want to know the song that is really going to date me, because I've gone through, I was really sad, and then I got, and then I felt a little more confused. Then Good For You has a little bit higher beat. And now I'm getting fired up. That I'm going to end my playlist with. I had others, but just for the sake of brevity on this is... I ain't going out like that by Cypress Hill. <laughs> have you heard this one? I have. I have. <laughs> Let's see. Some lyrics from this one. Pulled up to the curb. So we exchange a few words. But he got me stirred up enough to grab the handcuffs. I'll huff and puff and I'll blow your head off because we ain't going out like that. We ain't going out like that. Because, Becky, I want this team to get pissed off. Like, I want them to go out against Orlando, and I want them to take out all the frustrations from the last couple of weeks on the, on Orlando. Orlando's going to come out for blood, but I'm mad. I want them to get mad, too. I'm not saying get all emotional, get stupid, injure people. I'm saying that where is the fight that we saw Savannah DeMello getting a yellow card for pushing someone down? Where is that fight where we are just – pushing and shoving and clawing and scratching and tackling hard and bodying players up because we just want to win so bad. Let's say, let's not, let's not give up any early goals. We ain't going out like that. Let's get a good win. That's my playlist. Wow. That's great. I Thank mean, you. seriously, that's, that's really good. And you know, I, did not spend my day getting fired up by this. I spent my day writing a really angry article for Beautiful Game Network and then yes. also like helping a 90-year-old dean of the School of Dentistry figure out how to use his laptop. So it was a great day for me, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so you absolutely should have gone last because that was an exquisitely manufactured playlist where... Well, thank you very much. I told you, like, I, I, um, I had the day off, so I worked... Um, I spent a lot of time. There were about four other songs that didn't make the cut. I won't go into that. We're, wow. we're starting to run a little long, but just know that uh, it was a lot of fun to do that. See, I was just snarky. And as I was starting to think through songs, all I could think of were songs related to like 
the turnover of players like should i stay or should i go or okay. <laughs> you know you turn me right around but like ultimately i defaulted to you know what i actually listened to to make me happy so i guess that makes oh, okay. sense but it also fits in multiple levels but uh it, on multiple levels but uh abba you know oh. just abba on their own can pretty much tell you everything you need to do no no connection at all to the fact that they're a swedish band i mean i'm not i'm not saying there's anything <laughs> any connection possibly there at all but i mean <laughs> waterloo i was defeated oh. you won the war the winner takes it all the loser's standing small mamma mia I mean, like, I don't know. For me, ABBA fits, and it's peppy, and it's nice harmonies. So, like, even though it is sad music about breakups, knowing me, knowing you, at least you're going to be happy listening to it. Yes. ABBA is wonderful. That is excellent. So, yeah, I definitely did not put the work in the no. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I had a lot of fun with it, but honestly... Like anytime anyone ever recommends, is it ABBA or ABBA? Like I don't, I'm it's sure ABBA. you're I mean, right. I say ABBA, but I, it's probably ABBA. Who, who, who knows? I mean, I guess that's a question I'll possibly ask Coach Kim next time that uh, I'm in open practice. <laughs> Coach Kim, uh, first question: Do you uh, think that you should have your job next season? Follow up: How do you pronounce ABBA? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You you just saw my future, Tom. You saw my Wednesday morning. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll tell you what. If there's if there are two people more qualified to come up and properly pronounce uh, the name of a Swedish supergroup, someone that grew up in Oklahoma and someone that grew up in Philly, um, I don't I know mean, who else is. Exactly, one hundred percent. I mean, who could? <laughs> I will say though that like as the game was going on, I was actually really delighted by our Simon and Garfunkel lyrics i will say that i was pretty proud that we were able to uh to do our modifications pretty quickly we did um and and uh it's one of those that it'll probably only take like one suggestion if you are listening to this and say hey i wonder um if that's i wonder what that was uh what those lyrics what that song was it'll probably take just like a single person uh tweeting the butchertown rundown uh podcast and I will uh, copy those down. It's like, you know, twist, twist my arm, you know. It's, and, uh, and literally no one will find them as amusing as we did. But no, you know but what? I got to tell you, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know, watching, watching Louisville get uh, carved up at North Carolina really sets the bar pretty low for something that will be uh, entertaining and happy. But they've got, you know, people have a couple of playlists also. Uh, speaking of tweeting at the Butchertown Rundown Twitter account, uh, feel free if you have any songs or playlists that uh, you think would be good for uh, making it through this tough stretch of racing games, please tweet at us. Uh, we'll be happy to uh, shout out and retweet any good ones. We are all in this one together. Anything that we can make, anything that we can do to keep this season as fun as possible, we definitely want to amplify. Sounds good. I like that suggestion. Excellent. Well, Becky, we are coming to the end. We're getting ready for our three points. Um, we didn't have a win, obviously, so we're not adding to the statue. Um, just our final three points on this uh, for this podcast. Uh, would you like to go first? 
I certainly will. Um, so first of all, we have not mentioned this at all, but you know, because the scoreline was so bad, we didn't mention our lone goal, but kudos to Nadia Nadim for, you know, taking an opening and going for it. I mean, she's mm -hmm. like the one player. I mean, Jay made some good tackles. I, I think Jalen had a pretty good game, all things considered for at least, you know, the first half of it. But Nadia is the one who like really came through and forced that goal. Katie Lund also, for my second point, had some... Um, had some good saves early on. So, I mean, we, we have to give props to Katie, who is like now saved over like 81, 82 goals mm. this season, which is like the darkest congratulations that you can give. <laughs> you know, like it was heartening in the beginning of the season when we weren't putting up these numbers and we didn't have a bad goal differential when she wasn't needing to save as much. And I feel like we've completely blown that in the last two games alone. Um, and then my third point is uh, something that Taylor, my friend Taylor Vincent, said we had to mention that harkens back to the article you wrote at the beginning of the year. Oh, that's right. About that's how right. racing will find right. their way. And this was a full moon. And I think that we can now confirm that there are no werewolves on racing because no there werewolves. is absolutely no, no busting out and... Um, and coming for blood, in, unless if that ball had silver in it and we were just like all completely incapacitated. Because uh, we apparently are made of a, uh, of a mythological creature that has not yet been discovered that is uh, weakened by the full moon, if uh, and Saturday's game has anything to go by it. Excellent. And I will, I'm going to actually bump one of my points to make a point to carry off of what you said. Because, Becky, during that North Carolina game, you and I talked about how there was a full moon and each of us spent a good amount of time Googling various uh, uh, variations on creatures that are weakened by the full moon. And we got deep into the internet, did not find anything. So there is no creature that is uh, hurt by the full moon. Except a racing Google player. Oh my God. Maybe that's a thing. Oh yeah. God. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Although at least we would be able to think about that. All right. That's something to keep in mind going forward. Um, we're anti-werewolves. Uh, said we were anti-werewolves. Anti-werewolves, which yeah. I think is something that we should be proud of. Like, yeah, I don't know that. werewolves. Huntsmen? I don't know. No, that, that, uh, then we no. would actually be killing things. Oh, my gosh. No, this is a positive part. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no. The uh, another point is a shout out to franchise Emily Fox who got an assist in the national team game. Oh yeah, we should we I, that should have been in the starting line. Congratulations, that was excellent. Lastly, earlier in the pod, I said that it should not be the focus of this franchise to be an inspiration to little girls, but I did want to point out that in our last game, our in the game against Chicago, when the Chicago backline player, her name escapes me, had something wrong with her eye, and our player, Dr. Nadia Nadim, went and looked at her eye, made sure there wasn't anything wrong. It was a friend her of contact. Mine, she lost her it contact. It was her contact. A good friend of mine uh, named John Blim mentioned that he was there with his daughter, and his daughter got all kind of fired up about that that said like yeah girl power go help her out dr nadim and for her it was a very uh exciting and empowering thing to see nadia 
take care of an opponent on the pitch. So even though the goal of this team should be to raise trophies, the fact that they continue to be an inspiration to fans of all ages, all gender identities is still a very cool thing. It is. And I actually have a fourth point. I know I'm like, God knows racing needs all the points they can get. So you know what? We're going to do. Yes. Um, Can we also just please say a prayer for Gemma Bonner's scalp? Because I I truly think it is like (laughs) literally being held to her head with scar tissue and stitches because she has had more head lacerations this season and last season, if I'm thinking about it, than any player I, I have seen. So, oh, it's it's insane. It is please, absolutely insane. Please scalp, everybody. Please, I'm begging you. And you know what? At this at this stage, I know Gemma's a captain. Next cut she gets, let's sub her off. You know what? She's put in a good shift. Let's at least let let's remove the current stitches before she gets new ones. But I mean, she also like we lost Lester to two head injuries, so this was just like. A dire match i mean let's be completely honest it was it was just bad even so you know it's it's in the past we've moved on beyond it and hopefully we can find our feet and get a fresh start and at least play a good game against orlando like we don't have to blow orlando out of the water but like let's just get a good result let's play a competitive match let's show the talent that we that we have let's show the talent that we can have you know something i always you know say is like just if you take care of your pennies and your nickels, your dollars take care of themselves. Don't go out and try and win the game. I mean, obviously you try and win the game, but don't focus on winning the game. How about this? Small goals. Let's not give up a goal in the first 10 minutes. You know what? Let's 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 keep the ball on their side of the field for most of the first half. You know what? We do that. The results will take care of themselves. But Becky, I don't know that there has been a podcast that has had two consecutive shows after two consecutive tough results like us, like racing, the racing fans that watch those games, that listen to us. Even so, this team, there's still moments of fun. We've had two bad losses. It doesn't mean that the next one is guaranteed to be one way or the other. That's sports and I'm looking forward to a game this Friday night against Orlando in Lynn Family Stadium. What about you? I am too. I mean, I'm a fan of this team all the way through. You know, no matter whether they win, whether they lose, I'm definitely going to ask them to do better. I'm definitely going to ask them to to be better as a whole club, not like the players, you know, the franchise. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to stay. So I will be there. And, you know, I, I wouldn't do this if I still didn't love it. It's still fun. You know what? This was fun, Becky. Let's do it again. You know, I, let's do it again. <laughs> everything, let's do it again.